on this Sega Talk. Tweet, tweet. Oink, oink, oink. If that doesn't get you excited, oh man, we're talking about Angry Birds and Rovio. <laughs> SegaBits presents Sega Talk, a podcast talking all things with your hosts, George and Barry. Look, it's a giant talking egg. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the master here. So what's Hello and welcome to episode number 118 of Rovio Talk. I'm Barry. With me is George. Um... What's the noise they make in oink oink? Is that is that a noise they make in Angry Birds? <laughs> I'm I'm Birdie Barry and with me is Picky George. I I'll uh, accept that. And yeah, if if you haven't already figured it out, I mean you clicked on this video and it says so, but uh, we are actually talking about Angry Birds. So this is a first for Sega Talk. This episode's de- dedicated to the recent acquisition made by Sega. Um, Sega's not new. To acquiring companies and developers. Sega Europe has been doing that consistently for almost 20 years. Uh, their acquisitions included Creative Assembly, Hardlight, Two Point Studios, and a lot of other real-time strategy companies. Uh, but the latest acquisition is Angry Birds developer Rovio, and it's perhaps Sega's, Sega's biggest acquisition in recent memory. So uh, before we get into it, George, do you want to plug our Patreon if you guys go to patreon.com slash segabits, you can support this show for as little as a dollar a month. If you pay for $5, you get the video version early. Uh, if you pay 20 bucks, you get to tell us what to talk about. Um, we recently got a brand new Patreon, uh, a $5 tier, Grand Tactician. So if you want to join him hey. and be a Grand Tactician Master, uh, definitely... <laughs> support us on patreon.com slash segabits and we appreciate everyone Absolutely. that supports us yes and uh this episode like i said we're talking about angry birds specifically the developer rovio and uh their first game in the franchise and we're going to have kind of an open discussion about what the acquisition of rovio means for both sega and the future of the Angry Birds brand, so it's almost like a classic uh, Sega news bits right. encapsulated into a Sega talk. But I, I thought, you know, what better outlet to talk about it than a look back at the original game. And Angry Birds, uh, it is a popular mobile game that has captured... This is from ChatGPT. I wanted to at least have this <laughs> sentence be from them. Because Angry Birds is a popular mobile game that has captured the hearts of millions of players worldwide. The game was developed by Rovio Entertainment, a Finnish mobile game developer. The game was first released in 2009, and since then it has become one of the most successful mobile games of all time. And I, I don't think that's too bad of an effort from Jet, Chat GBT, though I like how it like it gets really flowery. It's like it captured the hearts of millions. It's trying like, to make you feel something. That's not a... F- <laughs> I guess. Robots are weird. Um, but before we jump into the past, let's actually talk about the present. So in mid-April 2023, the Wall Street Journal reported that Sega was in talks to acquire Rovio for $1 billion. A day later, Rovio themselves and Sega's parent company, Sega Sammy Holdings Incorporated, confirmed the news. 
And as we reported on our site, we actually had three different articles covering the whole thing. Uh, the acquisition would mark a strategic move for Sega as the company could tap into Rovio's expertise in developing globally popular mobile games. And the acquisition would also grant Sega access to Rovio's user base and brands, which allowed them for potential crossovers between Sega's successful games like Sonic Dash and Angry Birds and perhaps even mean like a... I actually really want to see this, a Sonic Angry Birds game in the same vein as Angry Birds Star Wars. So finally, April 17th, 2023, it was official. Sega had acquired Rovio for $776 million, which is about 25% less than the reported $1 billion, which leads me to speculate that they had a coupon code. Oh, yeah, that makes sense, right? That's a joke. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like that. That's if I did a late night show, and that would be like, "All right, welcome." You know, yeah, and then that a coupon code. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The deal would be for all of Rovio's outstanding shares and options, valuing them at nine point two five per share, a nineteen percent premium to their closing price before the announcement. That's a bunch of, I don't know. Uh, money speak right uh sega sammy ceo haruki satomi who in our discord has been described as a snack right he is he is a cute guy yeah um he said in a statement among the rapidly growing global gaming market the mobile gaming market has an especially high potential and it has been Sega's long-term goal to accelerate its expansion in this field. Satomi added, I am confident that through the combination of both companies' brands, characters, fan base, as well as corporate culture and functionality, there will be significant synergies created going forward. And then Rovio CEO Alexandre Pelletier Normand compared Red, the lead character in Angry Birds, who has been in the Thanksgiving Day Parade, uh, I think alongside Sonic the Hedgehog, um, he compared Red to Sonic the Hedgehog, saying, two globally recognized and iconic characters made by two remarkably complementary companies with a worldwide reach that spans mobile, PC console, and beyond. And finally, to wrap up this news story, in early May, both companies held a press conference expanding on their plans. There's a, a picture on our website, actually, of the Sega guys wearing Sonic shirts and the Rovio guys wearing red shirts, which is kind of cute. Um... Haruki Satomi and Shuji Utsumi of Sega visited Helsinki to meet with media and employees of Rovio and together with Rovio's chair of the board, Kim Ignatius and CEO Alexander Pelletier-Nomond, they discussed the rationale for the offer and the benefits of the acquisition. So according to Satomi, the mobile gaming market had high potential and it had been Sega's long-term goal to accelerate its expansion in the field. And through the combination of both companies' brands, characters, fan bases, as well as corporate culture and functionality, he thinks that there could be significant synergies, there's that word again, created going forward. And the Rovio CEO, meanwhile, expressed excitement about the future and uh, said that Angry Birds was finally going to be brought to consoles and PC. So, George, before I take you back to the past to play some mobile games that kick ass, I want to hear your initial reaction to the Rovio news as it was announced, where were you? Was it like 9-11? You were just like... I was uh, on the Discord and people told me. I literally, that's how I found out. Oh, actually, no. I saw it on Reddit. And everyone on Reddit was like... Um, mm. Literally every single comment is like, Sega's still alive? Sega has a billion dollars? 
where did they get a billion dollars from? Right. And then literally people like replaying the Sega Saturn that happened like literally 30 years ago at this point, right? And it's like, come <laughs> right, on, right. yeah. Like, and and then there was actually some people in the comments coming in and saying, actually, Sega's been really. Uh, making the most out of their acquisitions like persona is the most popular it's ever been uh total war games have right. been selling the most that they've ever sold uh with the new uh, warhammer ones so mm-hmm. I, I, it's hard for me to like deny sega because like even i was i mean obviously i love the persona one because i like persona but um it's really weird for me to like cheer this on because i think i'm too old to understand like the nostalgia that Angry Birds has because sure I, but I, I was never too into uh, mobile games I did mm-hmm. I did play them um, so when I heard about it um, I was kind of like that's a lot of money for a mobile game that was made on flash right like the game doesn't look specifically impressive right right when and I think that's the thing though a lot of people are reacting to the news thinking that it's Sega acquiring Angry Birds, and it's much larger than that. Right. You know, it's it's like when um, I always draw the comparisons, but like when when Disney acquired Lucasfilm, it wasn't just buying Star Wars; it was buying they bought ILM, they bought um, uh, you know a lot of um, editing facilities, they bought talent, you know. And so I think in this case, Sega is not only buying Angry Birds; they are buying uh, everything that Rovio has that allowed them to have millions of players playing a mobile game and rolling out updates like this is a it's a big machine that they bought too um they also i don't have think a, this is something that uh-huh i was gonna say they also have a movie brand they have a tv show deals with this that goes on it's like kind of like you know when they compare it to sonic i was kind of like a little like what sure red is not as popular as sonic in my opinion but sonic is older than angry birds by like two decades right so it's kind of hard to be like oh yeah it's as popular but it really is popular um and they and it It is really popular and they have their Mm -hmm. own like deals like sonic right like a, a netflix show uh they have their own uh movies two movies already the same as sonic so yeah yeah, so let's let's put a pin in that discussion because we're going to get to a larger discussion about the Rovio purchase. But that just shows that there's a lot of uh, a lot of thoughts and comments to be had about this. It's, yeah, it's a big deal. But what did you think? Like, where were you when this all happened? Um, I, I believe I I was online too, and I just I saw people posting the news. I saw the um, the initial uh, article um, discussing it before it was revealed, like officially. Um, and I, I honestly, I just thought it made a lot of sense because, you know, I've been following Sega's mobile games for years. Um, I got to know the various mobile groups and they're always shutting down. They're always uh, shuffling people around. You know, there used to be, there used to be like a Sega mobile division that would talk to us a ton and now we don't hear from them at all. I don't know if they work there anymore. (laughs) You know, it's, um, there's been a lot of changes and I think Sega just wants to have, they kind of have that with Hardlight, but that's a developer. That's not like a mobile arm to the company. And so maybe they're hoping that this will solve that problem. Maybe Rovio will start do working on... Maybe, you know, they'll start not working on Sonic Dash, but maybe assisting in the rollout of content and, and whatever else is needed behind the scenes. So I, I just I think it's a lot more than Angry Birds. 
Right. But I also think that Angry Birds kind of hit a wall because it is a smartphone game and kids don't have smartphones. They have Nintendo Switch. They have, you know, they, they don't have a smartphone in their hands. So, yeah, you, you made a good point when you were like, you know, they compare it to Sonic, but it's not Sonic. Well, it, I think for a generation, it maybe people don't know the name of the bird. Like right. red, it's it makes so much sense that that's his name. But I just thought <laughs> thought he was like the Angry Birds bird, right? You know, he's um, red because he's angry. But right, but he's recognizable. Like you look at that oh. thing and you instantly know Angry Birds. Yeah, 100%. and that's what the brand is. Red Red is not the brand. Angry Birds is the brand. And I think with Sega, they could make. I mean, they you know to borrow a phrase Sega uses, they could take it to the next level. I think they could definitely do a lot more with the brand to get more kids to know what it is. And so I think a big move is to release games on Switch, release games on Xbox, you know, maybe Game Pass or something. Um, but we'll we'll get back into that. I want to jump to the past now. So Rovio, it was actually founded way back in 2003 by three students from the Helsinki University of Technology. So their names were Nicholas Head, Yarno, oh boy, this name, it's like I went to Ikea. Uh, <laughs> Veka Vainen and Kim DeKurt. They uh-huh. took part in a mobile game development competition sponsored by Nokia and Hewlett Packard. So their game was called King of the Cabbage World. And this led them to set up their own company called Relude. And the uh, their competition winning game was then sold to the company Sumia and retitled Mole War. So if you've ever seen the game Mole War, that is a the very first Rovio game. Um, Mole War became one of the first commercial real-time multiplayer mobile games. Uh, A little bit later, in January 2005, their company received its first round of investments, and they changed their name to Rovio Mobile, where Rovio actually translates to the Finnish word for pyre, you know, like fire, Mm. which explains the flame shape in their logo. So there you go, a little trivia. Um... In 2009, Rovio released Angry Birds, which, believe it or not, was actually their 52nd game. What? <laughs> uh, That's crazy. The puzzle game. Yeah, they released 50, 52 games. So you were pro- And I mean, it makes sense. Remember Game Loft? They right. would make tons of games. Oh, yeah. Tons. And so really... In, uh, or Prope. Prope made, like, tap the bear to make him stand up and tap... <laughs> Yuji Naka's pockets to see if there's any, you know, like stolen goods. <laughs> or any stock um, options there. <laughs> any stock. Yeah, exactly. Shake shake Naka and the stock comes out. Um, but yeah, it took them 52 attempts to really uh, make it big. And the puzzle game saw birds being flung at pigs using a slingshot on the um, smartphone. The game quickly reached number one on the Apple App Store paid charts after six months and remained charted for many months after that. Due to the success of Angry Birds, Rovio was able to raise $42 million in venture capital funding and change their name to Rovio Entertainment in July 2011. In June 2011, the company began production on the Angry Birds movie and purchased the company Combo, which was a Helsinki-based animation studio. The studio produced a series of short videos in 2012 featuring the Angry Birds characters. In that same year, Rovio announced that Angry Birds had re- reached its one billionth download. Look wow. at that. So from 2009 to 2012, one billion downloads with a B. 
and they announced a distribution partnership with Activision, which actually brought the first three Angry Bird games to consoles and handhelds in a collection called Angry Birds Trilogy, which released in 2012. I was not aware of that. I was actually kind of surprised. I thought Sega was tapping into some untapped market, but it kind of is untapped because it hasn't returned to consoles in 10 years. Um, Also, that same year, Rovio released Angry Birds Star Wars, which saw the Star Wars license applied to Angry Birds formula. And then the following year, a sequel was released called Angry Birds Star Wars 2, which was based on the prequel trilogy. So, George, does it surprise you that it actually took Rovio 52 attempts to strike gold? And uh, why do you think Angry Birds as a concept caught on so quickly? And I have a link to the... uh, their Wikipedia page, if you scroll down, you can actually see the 52 their games? early titles. Okay. Uh, I, I, didn't, I don't... They actually kind of cherry-pick. They don't show everything. But, so, yeah. I, well, I think, too, during 2000, what, like the early 2008, 2009, there wasn't a really, like, mobile scene the way... I think Apple really did help with the App Store and then Google doing their Play Store or whatever. I don't know what it was called back then. But it, it was like this weird, like, uh, oh, Nokia phones or whatever, BlackBerry or whatever was still around. It wasn't, like, as condensed. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people were still upgrading to smartphones. So I, it would make sense that way. But also, it's almost like you said, probe, probe, probe you know, like they were like, shake the bear. Everyone was trying to do a simple game <laughs> yeah. to see if they could strike gold. And I think a lot of people were trying to like be the next Angry Birds or whatever. And I I, I think Angry Birds took off because um, I don't know if you've seen some of the games here like uh, Burger Rush or even the Mole game. I showed a picture of it uh, here for the audience. Yeah, yeah. The art style is not very unique. Like it's just kind of generic. And I think Angry Birds has an actual like art uh, uh, more condensed art style that's its own i also think that the idea Mm -hmm. of just the way that the game controls just like slingshotting a bird into the air was very simple for mobile games and then you saw things fall and it was actually very it's like playing uh i don't know what that game's called you know when you go to the arcades and then you could throw like either a hatchet or you could throw something at uh just (laughs) bricks or whatever it was literally an arcade game on mobile um there wasn't too many ads at the time and it was just fun mm-hmm. and simple to play, and uh, it was easy to play with a bunch of people. Like you'd be like, it, you take a turn, and the next person takes a turn. So that's why I think it caught absolutely, on. yeah. And I mean, you look at their their list of games, and it was this was an, a period of transition too for mobile game developers because Java right. was the big uh, uh, platform, and then it switched to um, iOS and uh, you know developing for smartphones. And so I think Angry Birds really just released at the perfect time when smartphones started to become big and everyone's like, well, I switched over to my smartphone and I I want some games. Well, Angry Birds, this looks fun. Oh, this is easy. And you do look at their other games and they're mainly, like it says on on Wikipedia, work for hire projects and publishing contracts. And, and, you know, it's probably little rinky-dink Java games like War Diary and uh star marine and ski jump and you know paid to kill paper planes like it's just very strange but i think yeah it's it's a combination of just releasing at the right time and also i mean you know i don't i don't know how people feel about angry birds like it's to me like 
I, I don't have any animosity towards it. I don't hate it. I, I think it was a little silly that it became a movie. Right. But I'm not upset by it. But you look at the concept and it is really brilliant. I mean, it's... I think what really made it work was that it came out at the time of touchscreens. And right. it just makes absolute perfect sense to have a um, catapult game on smartphones because you can pull it back with your finger. The aiming is incredibly precise. And, you know, as much as people shit on smartphone games, like, I, I've long been a proponent of them. And it's like, you know, retro gamers will wax nostalgic on um, the paddle controls for the uh, Atari uh, uh, 2600. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, my God, it's so precise. It's so amazing. Meanwhile, they go, oh, Angry Birds is shit. And I'm like, you know, you could also say that Angry Birds is so precise and amazing. Because it is. Like, um... I've told you before, my preferred way to play Space Harrier is on the 3DS with the stylus. It is the most precise way you'll ever play that game because you can literally use the stylus to move like pixel by pixel and move across the screen really fast. And it's it's just, it, it brings the game to another level. And I think um, touch controls done right work really well. And I, I actually think touch controls are kind of... Um, I don't think they get the respect they deserve. Like, waggle, Wii controls, those mm, hit or miss. But I I just, I really think that when you make touch-based games and do it well, it's some of the most, uh, uh, I keep saying precise. There's another word for it, but it's just, it's so accurate. It's the most accurate gaming you'll ever have in terms of controls because it's your finger on the screen moving it around. And... You don't really get that with DS. You kind of get it with 3DS, I mentioned. But on on smartphones, it's just they made it work. And sure, there are some garbage games. But man, like, <laughs> you know, uh, Angry Birds, they knocked it out of the park, I think, in terms of touchscreen controls. And it's so simple. Right. You know, it's like Pac... It's basically like our generation's Pac-Man. Right. It sounds crazy, but it, it kicked. It was a massive success. Like you look at massive successes: Pong, Atari, Pac-Man. I think Angry Birds is up there, right? And I don't think Sonic the Hedgehog is in that same category because Sonic is pretty, um, pretty complex for a game. It's not casual pick up and play. Not everyone's going to play that, but anyone can play Tetris. Anyone can play Angry Birds. Anyone will play Pac-Man. And have a great time because it's such a simple concept that hit at the right time. So, so I, I do have a question you know, for you. Is there any other mobile games yeah. during this time that you played and you were like, oh, I remember that one being really popular? Oh, yeah. Um, um, it, that squ- oh, I forgot the name of it. It just re-released on Apple Arcade and I absolutely love it. It's a squishy car. I forgot what it's called. Jelly Car. Never played it. But... Oh, Jelly Car is so good. You got to play Jelly Car. It's, um, I think on the phone, it's tilt based. It's kind of like Trials HD before Trials HD released. Do you remember that game? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, with the with the um, incredibly, you know, highly physics based uh, motorcycle game. Right, this right. one's a, it's literally a, a car that's super squishy and it looks like it's drawn on graph paper, and it it's. It's kind of like Angry Birds. It's very physics-based, but it's, it uses the accelerometer. Um, I think you tap to spin the car. Um, 
Another one was Toybot, Toybot Diaries, um, which kind of, I don't know, it, it kind of had a Knuckles Chaotix vibe or um, what's that other 32X game, uh, um, Tempo, where it was uh, kind of a unique platformer. It utilized um, like stretchy limbs. It had a little Rayman vibe to it. Mm. And you were a little a little capsule toy guy and there were like three of them and it was epic like it it was probably one of my favorite um mobile platformers of all time just because it was super addictive you had like these magnet arms and you could like attach to things it was really fun so oh and i dracula <laughs> there was one called i dracula which is delisted but i still have it on an old um ipod touch and it's just like it's brutal. It's so bloody and violent, and it's endless waves of werewolves and vampires coming at you. Mm. And it is addictive. You can play it for like an hour nonstop, and the game just keeps going. And you're picking up rifles. It's uh, three quarter view over the head. It uses your um, just touch controls on the side. But the cool thing is, it's almost like twin sticks. You swivel the character with one, and then you move around with the other. And you can shoot in all directions. It's yeah. So you can tell. Like I'm, I'm a mobile. I'm not a mobile game hater. So you know, when I see a good mobile game, I'll enjoy it. I'm not gonna say these are good, but I remember these being really popular. Like at least that they mm-hmm. always made like TV at least, or got mentions from a lot of people. So like Candy Crush is an easy one. Everyone's trying to still chase that dragon where moms are playing Candy Crush mm-hmm. and spending money. Like even Sega has a, a lot of those puzzle games that they make themselves. There was um, uh, was it something Crash or Castle Crashers or whatever the stupid uh, like an RTS whatever uh, wannabe like the city builder games. There was um, that Mm -hmm. cut the rope game with the little dragon where you cut ropes and try to solve puzzles. There was um, there was one more I'm forgot. Oh, uh, that Doodle Jump game. They even have arcade games with it right next to Angry Birds and like Dave and Buster's. You know that little. Little oh, wow. like a little sketchy thing, doodle jump or whatever, where you just jump up basically and you just press a button and you keep on jumping on platforms until you get to the top. Uh huh. So that game is uh, also has like an arcade scene, which is crazy. That's another thing I didn't know about Angry Birds how popular it is in arcades. Like all these mobile games got translated to arcade games, and they do well because they have like four machines sometimes at some of these places and like. There's only one time crisis five. What the, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, so right. Um, those are some games I remember uh, being really popular. Um, did you ever try uh, Candy Crush? Because I remember you remember the era where it was really popular, right? Like the Office made jokes about it and everything. Yeah, you know, I I think I downloaded it once. I tried it. I thought it was fine. I just it's not really my thing. Um, I think the developer of that was actually right near uh, Sega's headquarters in uh, San Francisco because I remember after I visited Sega, I walked by there and it was kind of cool to see uh, King, <laughs> King, the Candy Crush company. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's, uh, that's basically, that's summing them up, but there is more to the story and it, I don't know, I feel like. When we get through this, you're going to have some different thoughts on Rovio. So, in 2014, Rovio announced that Angry Birds had reached 2 billion downloads. So, uh, two years later, another billion. That's kind of insane. Um, But it was all not all good news because they also revealed that year that Angry Birds 
had leaked data to third-party companies and possibly to surveillance agencies like the NSA. Mm. And in retaliation, anti-NSA hackers hacked and defaced Rovio's website. And there's actually a BBC article here where you can see <laughs> what they did to the, the header page. So they Spying birds. Spying birds. And they put the NSA on Red's forehead. Um, yeah. So I thought that was kind of funny. Um yeah. So in December 2014, there was even more bad news for the company. Rovio laid off 110 employees after profits were halved in 2013 due to the recent games Angry Birds Epic and Angry Birds Go being not as successful as past games. At the end of 2014, Rovio saw a 73% decrease in profit wow. due to poor sales of licensed merchandise. Um, so yeah, around that time, that's probably when you're seeing all the Angry Birds stuff on deep discount because they can't they can't get it out of the stores. Um, in 2015, another 260 employees were laid off after the merchandise revenue fell 43 percent during 2014, and several high level employees stepped down the following year. So, I mean, at this point, do you think Angry Birds was kind of a flash in the pan? Do you think Rovio grew too quickly? following the initial success, expecting it to, like, last forever. Yeah, I mean, there was a moment in history that I remember just, like, you know how when everything goes on discount, I'm not trying to be, like, mean or anything, but you'll see some, like, poor families who just randomly wear the gear, and you're like, hey, where do you, like, what? And it's, like, because they're on, like, TJ Max or whatever for, like, a dollar, and it's hard to not, for these people not just to buy the shirt to have a shirt. So I remember seeing a lot of, like, just random families just with, like, Angry Birds shirts, like, walking around everywhere. Yeah. And you know what? I think it... I know what you mean. Right. And I and I think it might have, like, I don't know if it helped them, but, like, it is it is kind of... I know that the merchandise went back, but it is kind of free advertisement because it kind of puts it in your mind when you're walking around. You're like, <laughs> oh, they gave Angry Birds. Um but, I guess so. But, it, it, yeah, I do remember when there was just, like, a bunch of people wearing, like the gear randomly and i think it was their fault too because it's like when you put out so much merchandise like that sometimes you oversaturate the market um it's almost like when you see all that minecraft stuff sometimes you see it on discount like the shirts um oh yeah so it's like it's it's like that they're both kind of the same like that in in a way where they're like uh they they make so much merchandise and there's only so much of the consumers are going to buy this merchandise Right, yeah, and I mean, mobile mobile games and uh, I guess, um, I don't know what you'd call them, but like Fortnite, Minecraft, they are very different from what we're used to with Sega, where it's like, Sonic Frontiers will release, it will sell incredibly well, there will be updates for the next year, the game will continue to sell well for a while, but it's not going to be like a game that in five years time we're going to have, you know, an update to. And right. people will still be playing just as obsessively. Whereas with games like this, like it, it, I think they really thought that they became that studio. They were the Angry Bird studio. And that's what they would survive on moving forward. And it would always be successful. Just And I mean, this is pre-Fortnite. And this is pre-Minecraft, um, really. Or, or, the Minecraft and Fortnite were around. But I don't think they were as big as Angry Birds at that time. But... So I don't blame them for growing and expanding as much as they did because they really thought that this is something that would continue, especially when $2 billion from t- 2009 to 2014 is insane. 
but I think they grew too big. Like, I think they were a little too big for what they actually had ended up being. And if they kept it small, like, imagine how much more money they'd be making, to be honest. Like, they would have maybe less uh, merchandise, but they wouldn't be losing (laughs) 73% decrease in profits, you know, things like that. Right. Um, But despite the losses in 2017, Rovio did open a new studio in London to focus on MMO games. The company also announced that they were cutting 35 jobs in their animation division. And that same year, Kaiken Entertainment, which is a company founded by the former Rovio CEO, Mikhail Head, acquired Rovio's animation division. So they actually, I don't know if they have one anymore. They might not. Um, Following these moves, Rovio reported that they had returned to profitability with the success of the recently released Angry Birds movie and recent video games. So it seems like things are a little better for them now. Uh, 2017, Rovio became a publicly traded company, and the company was valued at $1 billion. In 2018, Rovio closed their London studio, which they opened a year earlier, and that same year they acquired the developer Play Raven, who were known for making strategy games such as EVE, War of Ascension. So I guess Sega owns Play Raven now. In 2020, Rovio acquired Darkfire Games and renamed the developer Rovio Copenhagen. I hate when they do that. And in 2021, more bad. Oh, you, you like when they do no, that? No, I hate it. I hate when companies like buy like studios and they're like, oh, your identity? In the trash. You're Rovio East. I don't like that. Yeah, you know, sometime we're going to have to talk about Sega Midwest because Sega actually had Chicago headquarters and developers here. And uh, that was like a very short-lived thing. Uh. Um, in in 2021, more bad news came out about Rovio as the New Mexico Attorney General <gasps> filed a federal lawsuit against them alleging that the company was illegally collecting and selling private personal data of users under the age of 13 to third-party advertisers. Oh, oops. Oops. Yeah. Like, no company does Oopsie. that, right? Like, let's be honest. Like, no. Google's never done that. Facebook? Oh, my God. No, never. Come on. So, George, this brings us to today when Sega Sammy Holdings announced that they had purchased Rovio for $776 million. So, after that long history uh, lesson, we've already had a little discussion, but let's have an open discussion about what Sega buying Rovio means. Uh, So the first question, was the purchase of Rovio a smart move? Yes or no? Uh, The price of it, it's hard for me to say yes or no until I see what they do. It's almost like, you know, when they do draft picks in the NFL and everyone's like, that guy's a good player. And then three years, they're not even playing anymore in the NFL. It's one of those things that we know in three years, we'll know, is this a smart move? It all depends on what Sega does with the company. Uh, right now, mm-hmm. when you told me all this negative stuff about how they're running <laughs> and they're firing people, it doesn't seem too. Ha- it doesn't yeah. seem like a positive thing. Um, I will say that if Sega figures out how, I, a lot of people online are, are suggest suggesting that it's Sammy wanting them for gambling machines, pachinko machines, and that they're popular in Asia, in Asian countries. Uh, for some reason, Angry Birds is a popular brand, mm. and it's like getting more popular. That's what I've heard. Could be, yeah. So I guess it depends on if they can make their money back off of them. Do you think that – I do know that they have a uh, – what do they say right here? 
they their revenue is actually up in 2022 and it says uh this is euros right so it's like 300.17 so that's already kind of like a one-fourths of it <laughs> of what they spent so right so if they could somehow continue that growth uh, i think in a couple of years they would be pretty good like they'd be already paid off and they'll be moving on to more profit right yeah, it, it seems like Rovio shed a lot of the things that were losing them money. I think them owning an animation studio was a bad decision. And I think it's smart that Sega bought them after that because Sega already has an animation studio. Marza. They, own, they own TMS Entertainment. Yeah, and they have Marza right? Animation Planet too. And Marza. So, right, so they probably would have, like, if they had bought Rovio with the animation studio, they probably would have gotten rid of it. Um, I also think that Rovio, uh, it seems like they've gone through some pretty bad, uh, third party, you know, information sharing things. But then again, what, what company hasn't in recent years? And I think hopefully the worst is over because I don't, I feel like Sega does not have those problems. Not as big. So, no, maybe they want those problems. Right. <laughs> maybe they want to. And buy so I think to sell data, they're like to answer the next question, like how can this help Rovio? I think Sega's savviness with how to run a business, because this is a Rovio is a relatively young business. Two thousand nine, they really hit it big. I mean, they started in two thousand three, but two thousand nine was when they really found success, and they're what thirteen years old now, fourteen right. years old. So with Sega coming in with 60 years of history and this whole machine behind them and apparatus, I don't think they're going to have the same information sharing issues because Sega's probably going to clamp that down or, or Sega's lawyers are going to like be so good that we'll never hear about it. Mm. Um, I, I also think Sega will probably keep them on track. And so they're probably just going to be the, the Angry Birds company they're probably going to make some Sega crossovers for fun. But I, as seen in recent acquisitions, like we always would speculate, oh, Creative Assembly is going to make Jet Set Radio. You know, like right, right. They, it doesn't happen. Like you do not see Atlas making Sega games. Do you? You don't, um, right? Like everyone just kind of continues to do what they do. So far, yeah. I think the closest we got to was that Sega made that Shin Megami Tensei uh, mobile game. But that's pretty rare. Right. Right. And having said that just now, I realized that Sega does have a history with utilizing technology from companies that they acquired. Mm, yeah. Um, for example, Sonic Adventure 2 uses the motion capture technology from Visual Concepts uh, for the NFL 2K games. But like that's probably what we're going to see more of. Like I think Sonic Dash will probably be using utilizing some behind-the-scenes elements that Rovio has to better, you know, roll that game out and 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 promote it and have it run, like, whatever. Like, whatever back-end mobile stuff exists that Hardlight can use, I think they will use, but I don't think it's going to be like... Uh, for example, I, I don't think Rovio's going to be making um, Flicky. You know, like, we're not going to have a, fl- a new Flicky game from Rovio, just like how it's not like... We're getting um, Fantasy Star uh, Online 3 from Atlas, or we're getting um, (laughs) Out Trigger 2, the Dreamcast FPS from uh, Creative Assembly. Like, they just don't cross-pollinate like like that. And 
I mean, a lot of companies don't do that. Like Disney doesn't do that really. It's not like Disney now has um, Marvel making a Star Wars movie. Ooh. Like they still keep it studio to studio. However, having said that, um, I do believe when Disney bought Marvel, they made uh, Big Hero 6, which was a Marvel property. Yeah. That's like the closest, right? Correct. I think it is. A, yeah. yeah. So there's... there's, Yeah. So that, that... And, you know, and then Marvel like took on the Star Wars comic books again. So there are situations in acquisitions where they do that. Like at Disney, I think Sega is going to keep them pretty separate. I outside of Angry Birds Sonic, which I think will happen. So, so one thing that um, a lot of people have said is that Sega's, in Japan at least, is trying to make like a mobile network, kind of, where they advertise their own games under this like banner. And if uh, if they could use the database that of Angry Birds, I'm sure that's very valuable to them. Like, oh, these gamers are playing this mm-hmm. game. We could put literally advertisements on the front page or, or an option to download another game or pr- cross-promote it um, with their more massive user base. Right. But I don't know how po- right. I don't know how that would work because I, I do we do know that Rovio have made other IPs that are not Angry Bird and they haven't been as popular as Angry Bird. So I don't know if that would help as much as they think it would, but I don't know. I, yeah. I would love to yeah. see. Yeah, so I think a lot of it's. I would love to see a Sonic mm-hmm. Angry Birds game the way they did Star Wars. I mean, it's just basically a cosplaying Sonic game, right? Kind of that's right. That's what it was, right. right? The Star Wars one. They were just dressed like Star Wars characters, but they were Angry Birds. Yeah, yeah, and I think you could go a little further with the Sonic one because what? Uh, well, you know what? Let's actually let's talk. A, let's talk about Angry Birds. Okay. Like the the actual <laughs> the actual game. So um, we're actually now shifting into the Sega Talk Angry Birds episode uh. here. Uh, so Angry Birds, it's best described as a casual puzzle video game, and when I mean casual, this game is hella casual. Right. Uh, Angry Birds is a game that your friend's mom would play. It's a game that John Hamm admitted playing between scenes of Mad Men, which forever ruined that mo- that show for me because I just picture him going, Sally, I'm a drunk. And then it's like, cut. And he's like, oh, I'm going to go to my trailer and play Angry Birds. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is in no way a hardcore game, but it has quite a bit of strategy thanks to the physics-focused gameplay. And also, let's be honest, it's just a lot of fun to knock things over and break things, and birds and pigs are funny. So Angry Birds released to iOS and I've never heard of these Memo devices oh, you don't, in December two thousand nine. What is Memo? I have no idea. I'm about to Google it right now because I've never heard of it in my whole life. M A E M O. Uh oh. Uh oh. You you. It's so unknown. I I deleted it from the notes. Uh, oh wow. Is it sick? What is this? It's. It's weird. It's, so it's a Nokia. Oh, I see. Linux-based kind of, platform. Oh, look at the Nokia nine. Oh, it's the OS for the Nokia nine N nine hundred. Remember these? I almost. I had. You know what? I didn't have one of these. It's the slide-out keyboard right. it's so smartphone. Cool. <laughs> I didn't. I had the pre the pre one where it was like Java games. So my phone was like this, but then I could. And I could type, and I absolutely loved that phone. 
because I would text like crazy on it. Right. It was so cool. I remember this kid. That, wow. I used to know this guy that had it, and he would be able to go on websites and stuff. I was so like, what? But it was like an older version of this because this came out in 2011. So it was pro- they probably had like different uh, OSs running it in the past. But I remember that design, this specific design, the uh, with the fold out. I kind of want to. I kind of want to buy a Nokia N900 now. <laughs> so, so you collect it? Um, yeah, retro? So, yeah, it is retro, yeah, right? Yeah, it is. Um, so yeah, so Angry Birds released to iOS and Memo devices in December 2009. In 2010, the game was ported to other touchscreen-based smartphones, including Android, Windows Phone, what? and BlackBerry 10 devices. That's retro. Uh, that is retro. The gameplay is incredibly simple. Players use a slingshot to launch birds at green pigs stationed in and around structures. The pigs have stolen the birds' eggs, and the goal is to destroy all the pigs on the playing field. Players advance through the game, acquiring new types of birds, which each have their own distinct abilities. And pigs vary in size and will sometimes wear armor, which means some pigs are stronger than others when it comes to surviving damage done by the birds. And I actually have a video here. This is... An Angry Birds super fan. Oh, I think it's the it's, Angry Birds Journal. It's a YouTube channel called. Yeah, and this is ten years old, and it's basically a video of them showing off every bird and their skills. So we can have this playing while I talk about the birdies. Um, so yeah, so they all have names. All the birds have names. The basic red bird is named Red. Other birds include Chuck the Speedy Canary, Bomb the Exploding Loon. Jay the Bluebird and his siblings Jake and Tim, a leghorn hen named Matilda, a gala named Stella who has a bubble power, Hal, an emerald toucanet, a giant cardinal named Terrence, and a Jamaican oriole named Bubbles. In each level, and we can keep the video playing until it's done, but each level kicks off with a limited amount of birds in various types. If players defeat all the pigs before depleting their birds, they get bonus points. If all the pigs are eliminated after using the last bird, the level's cleared and the next level unlocks. And if all the birds run out and the pigs are not defeated, the level is failed and must be repeated. Points are decided based on each pig being defeated as well as damage and destruction to structures and, of course, the bonus points for unused birds. Level completion sees players receiving up to three stars, depending on their score, and players are encouraged to earn three stars for every stage. So, George, why do you think Angry Birds was so successful? Well, I mean, I think we talked about it. It's simple, right? Simple to play. It's like an arcade game, like I told you, but on mobile, it was during the time where there wasn't... I think a lot of gamers were questioning uh, touchscreen gaming. Like, people were trying to, like emulate console games like those F- those early fps games and stuff and uh we just it just wasn't adaptable now it's actually quite popular i've seen a lot of people play uh um call of duty on their mobile phones and they're really good at it and so i'm it's just but the technology wasn't there even in this angry birds clip from 10 years ago the physics there's a lot of yeah. like um slow down randomly right because the phones weren't as powerful but physics were also right. kind of like a uh, like a new thing. Like there wasn't games that were doing physics on uh, on mobile, so it was doing new things. And at the same, like you said, it was super simple and it was precise. Um, a lot of games were not precise back in the day, so they like relied on being a like 
uh, Clash of Clans where you were like uh, an RTS type, uh, like or tap or that Simpsons tap out you like. It, it, it there's they, they yeah. it's fine, but it's not like you know you're not aiming at anything. So this is pretty unique for its time period, I would say. Yeah, and I mean, just thinking of other contemporary games as popular with casual gamers as Angry Birds, a few just came to mind. Uh, remember Words with Friends? Oh yeah, I played that one with a lot of people. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It was Scrabble. It was basically Scrabble, but you could. I think you could crossplay with Facebook mm-hmm. and um, mobile, mm-hmm. and you you would go back and forth with I think strangers. Yes, you could. Yeah, but definitely friends. There was also a um, draw something. Remember that game? Uh, isn't it like Pictionary? Yeah, it was like Pictionary. Yeah. So I feel like anyone who had a smartphone around 2010. They had a little folder. Well, we didn't have folders back then, but they had like a screen, and it would be Angry Birds, Candy Crush, Words with Friends, and Draw Something. Right. Were like the big four that almost anyone had. And I mean, and I'll, I'll mention it now, like as was the norm with mobile games back then, um, you, you would you would spend money, one-time purchase, and then you'd get like updates in it. And this that was kind of it at the time. Now, um, Angry Birds, it was, uh, it was not free-to-play with microtransactions to my memory. Initially, I, I think it was a one-time purchase. Yeah, it was like a buck. And then that was it. Yeah, and then they transitioned to free-to-play uh, with microtransactions and then later brought back the classic one. But... Um, that's like a throwback now. Like 10 years ago, games cost a set amount of money, and that was it. And I feel like we had it so good, and we didn't even know it. Right. Like, I remember when uh, Sonic 4 came out, and I think it was like, what was it, like four ninety nine or something? Right. And people were like, oh. And I'm like, nowadays, it would be like free to play, and then you drop $5 for every zone. You know, like, <laughs> that's just kind of like how it works now. Or... With Sonic Dash, like they announce these cool characters, and then it's like you have one week to collect six thousand uh, tickets yeah, to get I, like movie tales. I think that's more popular now, right? Or like the season passes. I've noticed. Uh, I do. I do play um, the League of Legends Wild Rift on mobile, and they do season passes uh-huh. every like four months. Like it's not even like every year. It's like, oh, you want this cool skin? Mm-hmm. Pay ten bucks and do all this stuff to get it. And uh, I don't know. I think, I think if you're really into a game, it's fine. I think Fall Guys does the same thing. Um, I I personally am fine with it. I know a lot of people hate it. I'm surprised that uh, other Sega games don't do that, where they're like, it's gonna be a shadow skin for Dash, and to do it, you have to do all these missions, right? I'm sur- so I'm, right. I'm surprised Se- uh, Sega doesn't do that. But um, what's your opinion on that like season passes where you pay like 10 bucks and then you have all these missions that you could complete like a game within itself to unlock a skin that you already paid for <laughs> like yeah i mean i'm not i haven't really ever partaken in that so i'm i'm not really a fan i actually i have apple arcade and i you know i hear people who probably don't own apple devices complain about like apple tv plus and apple arcade going i'm not going to pay 5 5 bucks for blah 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 and it's like, well, you really don't. If you have an Apple device and you're just paying for like the base, like um, 
monthly like storage and everything they give you all that stuff for free well it's not free but it's all bundled so like i i have apple arcade and i really like it because it kind of harkens back to the i guess retro mobile where there are no microtransactions in any of apple arcade games everything is easily unlockable and they actually have like versions of these kind of like play to win or pay to win games on there so it's kind of nice to have a few sega titles to have angry birds now um the one downside is that if a game gets delisted it's gone forever like choo choo rocket universe is gone oh my god really which is so weird because we it's gone we got like all that it's... promo stuff for it but it's funny because i was actually thinking if i ever get an apple device i was just thinking i was like i have my uh, work phone i should i should just get apple t- on there and play uh, it but i guess not yeah. anymore sorry it sucks because it was really fun, and I really hope that it comes to, to something. Um, but it's just a shame. So it tells me that, like, you know, as, you know, mobile <laughs> has a short sh- shelf life with any of these games. Like um, the um, Super Monkey Ball game, they just recently finally learned how to, like, re-release it, right? Like someone built it, rebuilt it or something, and so... Yeah. I don't know. It's... It's a shaky platform. Um, and actually, you know, and I'll get into it now, but Rovio's, Rovio themselves have kind of screwed over their billion, two billion plus fan base a few times. So uh, talking about the development of the game, in early 2009, Rovio uh, was actually about to go bankrupt and they were desperate for a game to save them. They looked to their staff to bring proposals for a potential savior game, and one proposal came from then senior game designer Yuji Naka, creator really? of Sun. No, I'm no. just kidding. Yeah, no, he's like, he's like, let me buy stocks me. from your company. <laughs> he's, he's wearing like a blonde, like a blonde wig and like a Finnish outfit, and he's like, um, I, I, I'm new here. Uh, I have a game. Uh, no, it's Jaco uh, Isalo. And the game was a simulated screenshot featuring some angry-looking birds with no <laughs> legs or wings. That's all he did. Uh, the picture game gave no clue as to what the <laughs> game was, but the staff liked the characters and elected to design a game around them. So I, I don't have the question here, but does that surprise you? Angry Birds actually started with the character designs and not the concept. Yeah, I mean, com- like we were talking about, there. this has a more co- cohesive art style compared to their other games where it was like murder or whatever or that mole game. Because that mole game is literally, like I've seen that mole game arcade game since I was a child, you know, the idea of hitting moles. Uh-huh. Um, of course, this uh, the idea of like knocking things down is also kind of primitive, but this one has its own unique art style. And I guess I'm not that surprised because like I said, this is like, it felt like, they really went all in on that art style. Uh, maybe a lot of people don't mm-hmm. like it. Uh, they find it cheap, maybe because all those discounted products, like we talked about previously. But uh, it has an art style and it's unique. And when you see it, you know it. Um, I think that's right. a problem with a lot of mobile games, where every single mobile game is copying another mobile game. And then the front of the the little icons always like that one guy. Oh, with the mustache or whatever. Like they're all trying to cap, cap, cop, <laughs> yeah. copy uh, Clash of Clans or whatever. This is pretty unique. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. In fact, Simpsons Tapped Out did a Clash of Clans crossover called Clash of Clones. And the the it was actually really funny and like super meta. Um, and the storyline was that the Simpsons Tapped Out 
were going to copy Clash of Clans. And like they all started like dressing like the characters and then like there was like a like the characters from Clash of Clans came into the Simpsons game and like went to war with them. It was really <laughs> weird. Um I like it. But yeah, you know, speaking of of kind of like getting inspiration from stuff that's popular at the time in the early 2009 uh physics games were actually very popular on the web uh through the use of flash i remember like stick person ones oh, remember yeah. where it was like almost like a dead body falling yeah. yeah yeah um so the developers uh at rovio they thought that they would pick up that trend and move it into the mobile game space uh, when looking for enemies, the developers actually looked to the then-relevant swine flu epidemic and made the birds enemies pigs mm. <laughs> because people were like... I remember at the time, people were like, don't eat bacon, don't eat pork, you could die, you get the swine flu. Um, Angry Birds was the studio's 52nd game, as we mentioned, and on initial release, it actually didn't sell very well. However, the game eventually became a featured app on the UK App Store, which allowed it to reach number one there. And it stayed the number one spot uh, in the U.S. app store from the middle of 2010 and remained there for 275 days. Dollars. So almost a year at the number. Right. Yeah, I know, right? Um, at the number one spot. Um, I was going to say, Angry Birds. I thought that the, oh, I yeah. was gonna say the pigs, I always thought that it was like the three little piggies. Well, like, because they live, they're mm-hmm. in castles and stuff. So I always thought it was like, oh, the birds are killing the pigs inside. And I thought it was like a callback to the Three Little Pigs story. Um, yeah. But I guess it wasn't. So I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it weird how they're like, oh, the swine flu. Well, we hate <laughs> pigs. But the pigs are green, too. So it's like the pigs are sick. Yep. You know? Yep. It's kind of weird. Um. Angry Birds actually only cost 100,000 euros to develop, which, you know, you consider uh, a 99-cent game selling 2 billion downloads over the course of, what, six years? Like, that's a nice turnaround. Um, So, obviously, the the profits covered those costs and then some. uh, Obviously, saving the the company from bankruptcy and putting them on the map. Angry Birds saw several updates throughout the years, which included new storylines and levels. Over time, in-game transactions were added, and updates began to reflect improvements featured in Angry Birds spin-off titles like Angry Birds Rio and Angry Birds Seasons. Uh, in 2012, a new episode called Bad Piggies, <laughs> which advertised the new Rovio game of the same name, was a spin-off starring the game's villains. In 2013, the game became the free app of the week on the App Store, which skyrocketed it to the top of the charts once again, before returning back to the normal price of 99 cents. Do you remember when they would do that? I remember when Sonic 4 was like the app of the day. Yeah. And it was like a huge deal. And uh, yeah. Or the Starbucks yeah. the Starbucks app so cards. How do you even become an app of the day? Is it like editors picked on the on the store, or do you like pay for it? Like, I wonder how that works. I think... I think there's a little behind-the-scenes dealing right. going on there. I think they're probably... I bet Apple is like, your game is selling incredibly well. We're going to make you the app of the day, and in turn, like you get this. Like I, I think it helps Apple just as much as it helps the company. Right, because they, they get um, like 30% on sales, right? Like anything you buy on the App Store, they, get, they take 30% off of it, don't they? Uh, Apple, at least. 
Right. Got you. Yeah, so if the game is free for the day, then, like, obviously the company's not making money, but they're probably making something from Apple. Right. Um, and even then, like, it returned to the price of 99 cents. That's so cheap. <laughs> A dollar, you know? like, like, we spend, especially, I mean, now in, you know, this economy, right? That would be, like, five bucks. But, mm-hmm. um... It's like you can't even buy a coffee for a dollar anymore. Like, what can you buy for a dollar, really? Like, in the store. Right. Well, that's the thing is people always do the coffee comparison. Like, why don't you get Twitter Blue? That's like the price of a cup of coffee. And I'm like, well, it's not. I've never bought an $8 cup of coffee. But even then, I enjoy the coffee, right. whereas Twitter makes me upset. Right. Or just buying um, a blue th- check mark <laughs> that doesn't mean anything anymore because anyone could buy it. Like the idea, I don't even want to get into it too much, but the idea of having a blue check mark was that you earned it by becoming a public figure or somebody relevant on the space. If you could just pay eight right. bucks, then you're just kind of a simp. I mean, to be honest with you, you're just literally buying to look cool. That's it. It's stupid. Then. Well, something I've noticed, something I've noticed is that all the blue check marks appear at the top of replies, but blue check marks skew Elon. Musk fanboys and like right wingers, so it's like someone makes a a comment that skews left, and then all the replies like clown on them, and so it just makes it a very like contentious space now. Right, it's even worse now, and it's even worse now. Whereas for ninety nine cents, you can buy Angry Birds. Oh yeah, that's and sick. Have fun. That's sick. I, yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to. Elon, why didn't Elon buy Angry Birds? What a moron. He paid $40 billion, almost four times, 45. Oh my God. <laughs> like $750 million. It's a pretty good deal. And that, who got the better? It's a very good who deal. Who got the better bird app? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it all comes back to birds. Right. Um, Rovio continued to support support the original Angry Birds game through 2017. However... Uh, for the eighth anniversary of the game, there was no yearly level update, which they called the um, Birds Day. Mm-hmm. Like when the birthday would come yeah, bird. for the game, they call it Birds Day, and I love it. fans would get like free content. I love it. Um, but they didn't do it anymore. Uh, they only would f- do bug fixes. Then things got spicy when, in early 2019, Rovio delisted several games in the franchise, including the original title, and fans of the original game spread the hashtag. Bring back 2012 to demand the game be relisted. Rovio finally responded to the campaign, explaining that the game was removed. I think this is bullshit. Of course. Citing software rot and the expiration of licensing deals. On March 31st, 2012, Rovio dele- uh, released a new version of the original game called Rovio Classics Angry Birds and marketed it to the older fan base. The game was a remake of the original. Um, replacing the engine with Unity for compatibility with new and future devices. Uh, The remake also notably lacks microtransactions and pop-up ads in favor of traditional revenue model. And in February of 2023, however, they announced that Rovio Classics Angry Birds would be delisted from the Google Play Store and renamed Red's First Flight. And the reasoning for this... (laughs) Well, yeah, listen to this. The reasoning for this was that the game was likely eating into the profits of newer uh, microtransaction-focused Angry Birds games. So by removing any mention of Angry Birds from the title, the game would not appear 
when searched for by casual fans. Isn't that kind of scummy? Super scummy. It's like, it's so scummy. It's so bad. So people want this it's game. It's like. And they're like. Right. Yeah. It's like uh, they so people. Oh man, people really want Sonic Two, but we want them to buy Sonic Mania. Let's call the other one uh, the Blue Blur's first run. It's like what? Right. Well, it's like it's like with um, Sonic Frontiers. The game released, and you could pick it up for as low as forty bucks during sales, and for a year you get free content. And then imagine if Sega in the future is like, oh, fuck, we should have microtransaction that so they're like we are no longer going to sell sonic frontiers on digital services but it's coming back it's going to be called blue boy island adventure (laughs) and you're like oh so no one can search for sonic frontiers sonic frontiers yeah because casuals are just going to look angry birds and they're not going to see it but people in the know will be like oh it's called red's first flight which is the stupidest name blue like yeah blue blur's first run right like what it's so obvious that they realized that Google Play profits were down. So I really hope Sega like tamps that down. I think that's that's kind of scummy. Oh my um, god, it is called Red's First but, Flight. Oh my god, I can't believe it. This is so dumb. I'm looking at the page right now. It re- I can't believe they actually did that. It's crazy to me. Yeah, they re-released the game under a new name so that it wouldn't eat into profits of microtransaction versions. Uh, um, so yeah, looking back at the history of Angry Birds rollout and releases, it's pretty clear that Rovio has some scummy practices, including screwing over longtime fans, leaking information to governments and third parties, and spending way too much money. But do you think Sega's acquisition will fix these problems? I say, I say yes. I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that Sega, because there is a while where Atlas was like doing this so like they so Atlas has a like policy where they re, it, they won't re-release a game unless they add a bunch of new content to it. So that's why it was like Persona 5, Persona 5 Royale and they kept on doing this thing, right? They had to remake the game or do something new to it. And it was kind of yeah. like, "Oh, so you're having all these games that you you you're such a small studio, you can't redo all these games." But people want all these games. People want Persona 3. They want Persona 4. But they just want to play the original one they played 10 years ago. And Sega kind of clamped down on them. And that's why we got Persona 3, Persona 4, and Persona 5 on PC now. And that was a right. good thing. Uh, because it's stupid to just randomly say, oh, man, we got to spend another one, two years making new content for these games just so we could re-release them. And so I'm hoping that Sega climbs down on them a little more and be like, Dude, if people want to play Angry Birds 1, just let them play Angry Birds 1. Why are you calling it other stuff? Right. Now, I will say in in Rovio's defense, Sega did something kind of similar when Sonic Origins was coming out. They removed all of the... Oh, yeah. Um, people hated it, though. Uh, the Sonic 1, 2... Uh, uh, what what were those? The, the Se- they weren't Sega Ages. They were Sega Vintage Collection. Right, right. The old ones. Now to like make it more cohen- 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 like because there's is the definitive, right? That's what they were calling it. To be fair, though, those ones were kind of crummy. Trash. They were just like ROMs. Yeah. So I see why the that was more like trying to make sure that there are better versions out there and people aren't like seeing three versions of Sonic One on the same platform. At least they didn't delist. The Taxman, Sonic One and Two, and CD. So that's good. So, the, um, but like from iOS, I would agree with you on that one because it's like 
so this Angry Birds one, they took down Angry Birds. So it would be like if Sega did, took down the vintage collections like a year or two years before the actual. Uh, so I, I'm okay with them like remaking it on Unity. I just don't like that they named mm-hmm. it Red Red's First Flight. That it would have been like <laughs> if, uh, yeah, like Sonic Origins. Like they say, it makes Sonic Mania too, and they're like, oh, it's not selling as well as we thought it would. Anyway, let's make Sonic yeah. Origins called you know whatever. Uh, you blue, blue blur, blues first run. Yeah, there you go. Blues first run. <laughs> it's stupid. It's just dumb. It's like if people want to play this and it's eating. It's it's there's a reason people want to play this and not your other games. So maybe you should fix whatever that is. But uh, I I have been noticing right. I hear similar games on their Google page. They have like Angry Birds Kingdom, what I'm assuming is like a castle like that Clash of Clans. They have a, a match three game of Angry Birds. So they're also cha- mm-hmm. ch- chasing trends with with their um, brand. Um, also, one thing to mention, I don't know, it wasn't on your notes, but uh, the Angry Birds movies had two movies, and the first movie did really well. The sequel made half the profit of the first one, and but people mm-hmm. say it's because of COVID. I, I didn't even know there was Angry Bird movies, so that's all news to me. <laughs> and then I know there's going right. to be a third one, and there's a Netflix show. So I guess there's other revenue streams that are not video mobile games so what do you think about that do you have you seen the angry birds movie are you gonna ever watch them just to see what they're about i'll I'll check it out i know jason sudeikis voice is red which i think is pretty wild um but yeah i mean i'll i'll watch them because they're my favorite sega franchise now right 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 um (laughs) um so george before we end things um, I thought it would be fun if, if it's possible on your end, it is. to play a pirated co- a pirated copy of Angry Birds. It's like a Chinese pirated version on a free video game site, and I'll read the memories while you play. How's that sound? All right. All right. Well, let me know when you get I'm those up. birdies I'm, flinging, I'm at flinging them piggies. It. I'm flinging it. Oh. All right. Here we go. Well, Ben Ben Hayward, this this flings for you. Uh, he says. I must just be about the only person in the world who has never played any version of Angry Birds. I wonder if, I wonder why it's been such a uh, long life when other masterpieces oh. like Rat on a Scooter fell by the wayside. I didn't have. The, I can't the wait to find on. out. Oh, you didn't. You just now been playing. I do. Now, now, yeah, I was there playing without knowing, but now it's up. This Sorry. fling. Okay, this flings for Ben. Um, so he said. I wonder why it's been such. It has such a long life when other masterpieces like Rat on a Scooter fell by the wayside. I can't wait to find out. Oh, and also find out the Sega connection. Well, the Sega connection is that Sega owns it, Ben, and he owns you too. He bought all. Of, they bought all of us. They bought me today. Um, Nicholas Schaefer says I remember really liking Angry Birds, though I didn't really get into it until Space and Star Wars versions. Unfortunately, I recently tried to get back into it, only to find it was a pay-to-play just like other mobile games today. Hopefully Sega will release Angry Birds Collection for Switch or something. Um, Michael S. says, I thought it was a strange decision by Sega, but Angry Birds really fits the arcade quick-play games that they're famous for. I would say console gaming has really moved towards super long games, and mobile is where these arcade experiences are now. I recently played this on a plane for some uh, tip-killing entertainment, and uh, the movies are decent, tra- ta- tolerable kids' movies. I think he meant trip killing. I like tip killing, though. <laughs> Me too. 
how the food was good. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, tip killing. Um, Scott Amundsen. Oh, Doctor Scott Nick. Uh, I think he's a recent Patreon supporter because this is his first uh, comment. He said, "I'm probably too late on this one, but oh, you're not too late." In 2010, I got my first ever mobile game, the uh, mobile phone, the iPhone 3GS. In the early 2010s, I was playing so many iOS titles such as Doodle Jump, hey, that's a good one, Pocket God, Temple Run, and the very best Angry Birds at the time. I I absolutely loved Temple Run, yes. That was like the ultimate uh, endless runner. Right. Um, At the time, I absolutely loved the game and played it religiously. I must have played it for around two years before I finally stopped playing, but I'll always hold a special place in my heart for those old early smartphone memories. So yeah, that's uh, that's our Patreon supporter memories, uh, and that's going to wrap up this angry episode of Rovio Talk. And um, let's check what's coming up next George do you have the list or do you want me to read it off read it off I'm playing some angry birds <laughs> <laughs> some Chinese angry birds oh yeah uh, so George you you are going to be covering on the next episode Shining Force 3 oh that's a good all three volumes three three <laughs> yeah all of them oh my god you know what there's a you know there, there's sick games I, I can't wait to talk about them um, yeah yeah it's so, gonna be fun that's it for this episode of Sega Talk. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Bye. Oink, oink. <laughs>